We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I think I want to hear this. Sports Daily is on KFH. It's that time. Sports Daily getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the voice of KU, Brian Haney. And welcome back in, everybody. We welcome in Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks, for our weekly visit coming right off of a Sunflower Showdown revenge game. A revenge win for the Jayhawks, 90-78, to evens things out in the Big 12 standings and the season standings. Uh, now we'll have to see if a Big 12 tournament game or maybe even an NCAA tournament day, game might decide the season series. Brian, welcome in to Sports Daily again this week. Great to be on with you guys. Obviously a ton of fun in the fog last night from the convincing nearly wire-to-wire win to Travis Kelsey being in the stands. A lot of good memories made last night. And uh, certainly, as you said, we hope there's a third meeting. Not because we need to have a rubber match or anything, but that's high-level basketball right there. And To have both teams in the state be this good, I think it's good for everybody and a ton of fun to watch. So here's hoping we see it again, part three in Kansas City in over a month. Brian, I thought that the uh, pace of play to start the game was phenomenal. Just back and forth, uh, really high energy, high action. And uh, we were talking right before you came on with us. Dewan Harris looks perfectly healthy now. He shot the ball great. Uh, didn't turn the ball over like he did during that three-game losing skid. What was your biggest takeaway from what you saw? Number one, from just the overall energy, and then specifically with Dewan Harris. You know, Starting with Dewan, but including Kevin and KJ, if you look at the way those three players played in the three-game losing skid, and part of KJ's struggles was foul trouble, and then he had one game in Waco where he just never really got in a rhythm. But with Kevin and Juan, their confidence was both clearly shaken, and they were a fraction of their normal selves in terms of aggressiveness, just poise, comfort level, everything. You look at them last night, and Kansas looks like a completely different team. You suddenly have five capable scorers on the floor. You suddenly have five alphas that aren't worried to take a shot if it's there. I mean, you go back to that TCU game, inexplicably, if, if you watched it closely, Kevin McCullough in his eyes, anything outside of 15 feet, he was just immediately catching it and passing it away, wasn't even thinking to go get his. And it's been a completely different Kevin McCullough uh, going back the last couple of games. I thought he was more aggressive starting in Waco, but then obviously back-to-back double-doubles at Kentucky and, and last night. With DeWan, it started on Saturday in Lexington with him being more aggressive. And I noticed it in shoot-around that day, and it texted a couple of friends, Juan looks like Juan again. And, you know, Bill Self alluded to it a little bit. He tries not to make too much about it because he thinks sometimes we in the media – According to what he said on Hawk Talk, we obsessed too much over a hangnail or a headache. But it did look like DeWan was a different player after the face plant he did late in the game in Manhattan two weeks ago. And I'm not here to say he was concussed or anything like that. 
But clearly, you know, he was not the same guy for the next week and a half or so. And then on Saturday, you could tell even early in the day, he was smiling, he was assertive, he was having fun during the pregame shoot-around, and he didn't look like the guy that was overthinking it that was just a little bit off the mark, which appeared to be the case for two-plus games with Juan. So I say all of that about those three guys to say, hey, we're, we're a pretty good team when Jalen's doing his thing. And Jalen just completed the highest-scoring five-game stretch by any Jayhawk basketball player since the inception of the Big 12 Conference with 133 points. But, guys, we lost three of those five games, and we're a much, much better team. If Jalen's still getting 20-plus a night, but you've got four other capable scorers on the floor, particularly if we know what we can get from Grady most nights. It's the ebb and flow confidence-wise of those other three that if it could kind of stabilize and steady out and you count on them you know, bringing their, their confident, aggressive game most nights, hey, this Kansas team is right back to being – national title consideration and and certainly you know the team to beat in the big 12 conference so that's been a great sight for sore eyes these last two games and hopefully it's something they could bottle up obviously the competition continues uh, on the same trajectory that it's been on of, of top 15 and top 10 teams here the next couple of games but uh yeah if you get that out of one kj and kevin this team clearly in my mind is the team to beat in the big 12. Well, since Bill Self already called us out on it, Brian, let's overanalyze Dewan Harris for a minute here because it really, like, it's an interesting dynamic to me that we early in the year, and and it's a sentiment I think uh, around a lot of KU fans, we shared it maybe earlier in the year, maybe less so late, but it always seemed about the bigs, right? Like, what are the bigs going to do? What are the bigs going to do? But man, it feels like Dewan Harris is the straw that stirs this drink. Not any play or anything that happens down low, but it's it's been him to me and what he looks like that becomes that last little piece of the puzzle that makes them so lethal when they're at their best. Yeah, that's that's really well phrased and posed. And and I uh I think if you ask Bill Self in an honest moment when he didn't have to give not, not that he tries to give political answers all the time where he, he pumps up everybody. He's honestly the most straight shooting coach I've ever covered in any sport. Agreed. But if, Agreed if it was off the air and you just said, Hey, who's most important? He probably would say one because there's just so many ways in which he impacts the game. You know, last night he draws two more charges, team leading total of nine tied with Grady Dick, by the way, uh, which is great to see for the Wichita native. Uh, you know, there's, there's little things he does on tips and deflections. There's, you know, obviously the passes that he makes with the floor vision and delivery of the ball that nobody else on this team has. But look at the shooting line of Marquise Noel last night. Um, he ends up with a total above his typical average in scoring and got a lot of that from the free throw line. But he shot well below 33% and was hounded and frustrated all night. And that was Dewan Harris. You know, he had five first-half turnovers, did Noel. That's Dewan Harris. And so that stuff doesn't necessarily reflect directly on his personal stats, but you see his impact on the game. And so, you know, even though Noel's the one that's getting midseason third-team All-American consideration, you know, Dewan Harris, when it comes to making winning plays, is so important for Kansas. And, you know, maybe the best emphasis of that argument can be looked at when Dewan was not his typical self how beatable and vulnerable we looked. And so, you know, they, they always say that the, the most outstanding player or most valuable player, depending on your semantics, is, is maybe the guy that you can least afford to lose. Because if you took away the most valuable player, the team would be a fraction of itself. 
And and it's funny to think, you know, obviously Jalen Wilson is is our alpha and he's he's everything in terms of on court leadership. But when you took Dewan's normal steady hand at the wheel away for those two and a half games, going back to the late game K State moments, we lost all three. And and I'm not saying we could have won any of those if you took Jalen Wilson away. I'm just simply saying that I think punctuates the value of Dewan playing at his optimal level and, and speaks to just how important he is, how critical he is to Kansas's optimal potential. Because when you got a fraction of Dewan, we didn't win a single game. And part of that was our schedule, yes. But, uh, yeah, it, it, he is that important. And so I think your question's a very good one. And if I do get a private moment with Coach, maybe I will ask him that and report back to you. Brian, you mentioned the five first-half turnovers from Marquise Noel, 10 total first-half turnovers for the Wildcats. I thought the game plan for KU in the first half was pretty clear. Force the turnover, get out in transition, and then make the shots in transition. Uh, Kansas State did tighten it up a little bit in the second half, but uh, I, I really felt like that transition play that Kansas has, it's been their bread and butter for most of the season, really came to the surface last night. Yeah, it did. And, you know, 49 first-half points, the proof was in the pudding. There were a couple of stretches where the pace was so frenetic and in a game that had a ton of whistles that slowed down the the play a lot in the second half and and quite a few in the first half, too. There was one particular stretch, I think at the under-four media timeout in the first half, where we didn't get a whistle at all for like two and a half minutes, and they were just going back and forth and back and forth. Guys were just sucking for wind. They couldn't get their air. They had their hands on their legs, but but we kept wanting to push the tempo, and we took a game that was in, in the two, three possession range and blew it up to you know, 14, 15 points just like that. And so that's where Kansas, you know, if they can assert their will and smell blood in the water, they can attack you and, and blow games wide open. And we weren't seeing that, obviously, in the losing skid because we were trying to come from behind in the losing skid and, and exerting all that effort to climb out of double-digit holes to get the play from out in front and then, boom, hit you with that that counterpunch, right, left, right, left, knockout blow, boom. That, that's when those 9-0, 11-2, 15-3 runs come, and that's the patented Kansas that we've all know to come and love, you know, not just in the 20 years of Bill Self, but Roy Williams in that building too, you know, those back-breaking type runs. And it was great to see that last night, and Pace, I think, determined some of that in, in both halves, quite frankly. And that's not to say that K-State couldn't keep with the pace. I was quite frankly impressed with some of the big shots they hit just to, to keep within striking distance on several instances. But eventually, the dam breaks, and eventually that tide rushes over and it engulfs you. And that's what we saw last night from Kansas. I want to talk about Kevin McCuller, Brian. Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks, joining us. It, something else we keep looking at, or, or at least I, I think we do, is – K.J. Adams needing to be the big on this team. But the way McCullers going lately, and he didn't shoot it very well last night, but he's a smart offensive player enough to get to the free throw line. But it's the rebounding that he's shown in the past few games. Have we we been looking at it maybe a little bit out of whack? And is Wilson, McCuller, Adams as a collective unit down low when it needs to be maybe the way to go and not trying to think of one guy to play that true big spot. I think it's a great observation and I kind of have two answers here. So I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth. I, I, I did say last night on the air and Greg and I both feel this way that when Uday was in there before foul trouble, 
we looked like Kansas again. We had the tallest guy on the floor with the longest wingspan, and we looked like the team that can, you know, reach over everybody to pluck that ball off the iron and contest shots if you get to the back line of our defense, and that felt kind of good. But clearly, uh, when you don't have him on the floor, which is going to be the majority of the time, because even if he takes on a much larger role with Zuby out for an extended stretch now, you're still talking about you know 12 to 15 minutes a game. So in those other 25 minutes, it does have to come from your wings because KJ is is an undersized five. And you know KJ said on on the Hawk Talk we had on Monday that Coach Self would be the first to tell you that he's not a great rebounder. I think that while it doesn't show up in the numbers, there are things he can do, though, in clearing out his man that allows those other wings to slip in and get a rebound. I know he only had a couple of boards in Lexington, but you can't tell me he didn't play a role in keeping Sheboy away from certain balls that Kevin or Jalen did get. So to your point about the conglomerate of the three, yeah, it's, it's, it's a deal where only one guy can get the rebound. You don't have partial rebounds like you have you know, partial uh, uh, sacks and that kind of thing in the NFL. But it it is a collaborative effort. And I think that those guys all working together uh, absolutely can be formidable. And yet at the same time, this is where I go back to the other side of my mouth, if if they can get more confidence and consistency out of Ernest Uday, it is nice to bring in 6'11 with a 7'4 wingspan and have, you know, some stretches of the game where you can rely on that interior presence that has classic big man size so it's a combination of the both but i think we're seeing both emerge and when mccullough turns in his seventh double double of the season second in the last couple of games and, and you're seeing you know those great defensive closeouts where you force a contested shot from the wing and then you've got grady at six eight jalen at, at six seven six eight mccullough who's listed at six five you know all skying for the board but in position because they did their work as soon as the ball went up and got a hand on somebody's waist and, and pushed them out of the lane, that does kind of make you think that dog will hunt a little bit. Maybe we can win that way. You just like to have a little steady influx of, of some legit size as well, and that's where I think Ernest and honestly Zach Clements comes in. And I, you know, I, I've been as as you know perplexed as any on Zach this season because he started the year uh, pretty inconsistent. You know, missed his first nine or ten threes of the season. Uh, but this is a guy that's you know, clearly in league play versus Oklahoma and last night has shown us glimpses of what they thought they were getting when they first signed him a couple of years ago as a top 50 guy. So we're, we're hopeful that he's starting to turn the corner as well. Brian, how about the overall quality minutes from the bench last night? Um, that that had been a sticking point for a while, especially during that that losing streak. But quality minutes from Zach Clements, as you mentioned, uh, with five points and three boards. Ernest Uday, three points and six boards in ten minutes. Bobby Pettiford, and then even you know Joe Yasufu, who is struggling some. Uh, I feel like all four of them gave some quality bench minutes for Bill Self, and that's clearly got to take a little bit of pressure off the starters. Yeah, no doubt, and, and it's not often this season when I've read the box score I can say that in, in bench scoring, Kansas more than doubled up the other team, 19-9, I think, and that was a rarity. Had to look at it twice because it's been the much-discussed and maligned Kansas bench this year, and not just by fans, but by Coach Self as well. And We talked on last week's episode about you know, Coach Self speaking some, some life into Joe Yesifu at Hawk Talk and saying, hey, you know, I, I think that this can be a guy that hits two or three threes off the bench for us as our heat him up, Vinny Johnson type, you know, super sub. 
And, uh, and then when, when Joe left the stage at Hawk Talk and the headsets were set down and the cameras weren't rolling, Self put his hands on both shoulders and, and said, Joe, I meant what I said. That can be you and it needs to be you. And then he just kind of paused and, and let the comment sink in. And I thought, man, what great coaching. And, and so I saw a much more confident Joe last night. I know he didn't hit as many shots as he took, and there were, there were plenty of chances that didn't go down. But I saw a guy that was hunting his. And, you know, you see a guy do big things at Drake like he did, averaging 24 a game over the final nine games of his sophomore season. He was a media darling of, of March Madness that year. And, and I think he's come to Kansas, and, you know, it's tough for coaching for sure. It's way tougher competition. You know, suddenly, even though you're the best athlete on the team, that doesn't give you the, the margin or the gap that it used to at Drake. And, and it's taken a while for him. And I think confidence-wise, as kind of a uh, – he's a sweet kid, all right? He's not necessarily the alpha that's like, give me the ball, I need my 15 shots a game. He can tend to defer and fade if, if he's not hunting his. It's taken a while, but he's in there. And if they could unlock that more consistently, the aggressive, assertive version of Joe, I think he could be a guy that comes in and does hit a couple of big triples per game for you. Uh, and, and what a boost that would be off the Kansas bench when, honestly, we haven't had really any firepower off the bench because the M.J. Rice freshman season has been such a uh, an ebb and flow, high and low, you know, injury-plagued deal. So maybe that's Joe's role. But, uh, but that was big, and you know, we had talked about Zach already and Ernest already. So hopefully – and the Kansas bench continues to make strides. I hated it that, that MJ didn't find a way to get in. I don't know if that had anything to do with his back or not, but uh, you know, there's still time on this season for him to do something. But as we turn the page to calendar, the calendar page to uh, February now, and, and MJ is still no more than a two or three minute a game type guy. You know, my hopes of, of him impacting this season in a large way kind of shrink week to week now, and, and you hope that that means that, that other guys do step up and, and seize that opportunity if it's not going to be him. All right, Brian, final one as we turn the page. Uh, before we talk again to Iowa State, an angry Iowa State who blew a big lead to Texas Tech in their most recent game, and you got to go to Ames. Things could turn around real quickly and not feel so good. KU's got a big test on Saturday. They do, no doubt. And that was a one-possession game down here. And obviously the uh, kid from Mays had a chance to win it at the end, and, and Caleb Grill's shot missed. And I know they held him out in the uh, Missouri game. And so, you know, hopefully we'll see Iowa State at full strength. And, uh, you know, he was obviously back for the Texas Tech game and had a great game of 67% shooting and 24 points. So it looks like we will see them, you know, at, at their best. But they'll have revenge on their minds. I think you look at this league race, I can't ever remember heading into February with a clear first-place team, but then four teams, one game back, all in the top 20 in the polls. It's amazing. And it's going to be one of those back-and-forth we go, jockeying for position final months where – each game, each week, there's a shuffling of the deck. But but what a race this is shaping up to be. And don't count Baylor out either just because they're two games back. But uh, what a conference, what a year. And for Kansas, I've been saying for a while, we just got to get through you know, the first two games of February and then we can breathe easy. Well, that third game is against Oklahoma, who just took Alabama, number two in the country, behind the woodshed in Norman on Saturday. So, I'm not sure it ever lets up, to be honest. But these next two in particular, in terms of standings, will be big. So let's hope the Hawks take care of business on Saturday. All right, Brian. We'll rest up before then, and we'll talk to you next week. 
That's right. Getting plenty of good rest on my mattress hub mattress. It's a purple mattress, believe it or not. They have this special technology that allows for the coolest night's sleep and the best back support as well. So this has been the right fit for me, but maybe it's a Tempur-Pedic, maybe it's a Serta, maybe it's something else that is the perfect night's sleep for you. They want to find that perfect brand for you. So check them out today. Wichita-owned and operated company. They're all over the Midwest, but it began right there in Wichita. So check out Ryan Beatty and his team. Appreciate you guys. We look forward to talking to you next week. And uh, hopefully by the time we talk next week, our Jayhawks are back in first place. They're climbing that way. Still work to be done. But uh, let's hope we're back on our rightful perch in a week. All right, there goes Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, joining us each and every week here on Sports Daily. Always appreciate that. We got more coming up in our second hour. We'll have a giveaway. We'll talk more about the big Tom Brady news today and other items across the sports world. We'll do it all on Sports Daily, hour number two coming up. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.